I am unashamed. What about you? All right, welcome back to Unashamed. We're super excited today. We have double Robertsons on. Well, we have quad Robertsons. Quad. That's right. I, I got to thinking about this. this. is super exciting. I think for the first time ever, we have oldest sons with their dads on the set of Unashamed. I think it's a first. Wow, that is a I don't know. I'm normally not here, so I didn't know that. <laughs> we got Willie. We got John Luke. Uh, we got me. We yeah. got Dad. We got the professor. That's what Willie calls yeah. Zach. That's <laughs> Willie called me. Yeah. What's the glasses? Is that why you called me that? Yeah. Something. The when you're in front in of background. a bookshelf. Yeah. yeah. So three okay. generations. Yeah. Three generations. Three generations are here. That's exactly right, Dad. The legacy lives on. Man. It's pretty exciting. So we're missing Jace, and uh, Willie, we put you in his chair. And yeah, I asked him what advice would he give me, and he said, uh, see how long you can talk without taking a breath. So um, <laughs> I think his record's 38 minutes, so I'm going to see if I can. The first time I was a guest on this podcast, I literally did not comment until minute 48, <laughs> which made me think, why am I here? Like, you just called me down here to sit in a chair and listen. <laughs> So I, I didn't know if it was like, well, me, if, it, no. if it was for me, like it was some. <laughs> Unashamed well, maybe nation. that's why his T-shirt, if you read him on the front, is, well, what is that? I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Yeah. Okay. But Jay says, but dad says on the back, it says, I'm probably not. <laughs> but if he was, but if he ever got wrong, he was not leaving you a, a position to maybe get him on the right track. No. Well. Good. I've got a lot to get off my chest. And now I can actually have time to get it off my chest. John Luke, welcome to Unashamed. Thank you. It's good to have you on here. Pull that mic a little closer to you. There you go. Because we do want to hear what you have to say today. So, yeah, Jace is uh, – so number one complaint on Unashamed from Unashamed Nation is that Jace talks too much. <laughs> <laughs> are, you you shocked, are you shocked by that? Well, I learned that at, as soon as I could start – Hearing voices, uh, <laughs> I knew one of them was talking a lot, and it was Jace uh, for sure. I wish I could, if I could magically not burden our crack staff of unashamed. I would love to take clips with, if especially the ones that, because just in my mind, I could take and just show them to you about our childhood, the stories he tells. Because and maybe I just wasn't aware, like because so much of it, I, I don't even believe it's true. But he's so passionate when he tells them. Like, it's like, well, I guess there must be a nugget. I'm of sitting here, his dad, <laughs> thinking, where, where in the world did he come up with that? That yeah. was going on? I, I mean, mean, I know. I'm the same way. I'm like, what? I mean, he tells about mom ruining Christmas and just all these these stories are just like, I just can't I even. I mean, I hate to say, but it's like none of those are true. <laughs> I know they're not. But so it's, it's, it's like we're watching the making of Uncle Si, maybe. <laughs> like, this is like the, the right. prequel to Si. Like, this is how it started. Right. He just starts making up stuff. And, oh, there's oftentimes, I'm like, Jace, that's not how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I listen and I think, why? Because he he's talks about, he was just telling a story recently about mom telling him, there was no there was first there was no Santa and and then that that Christmas was canceled. <laughs> you know? And so he's telling all this stuff and he was devastated and he's he's done, and I and I'm laughing the whole time because I'm just it just tickles me to no end that right. this would even happen, which I know it didn't, but then it makes me laugh because he's just so serious about it. Every year there is proof 
there is a Christmas tree coming in that living room. It's coming in there. Well, she loves Christmas. I'm like, well, I don't does even she believe love it. But I know it's not true because mom probably believed in Santa even <laughs> after she had us. Like, she probably never knew. She never got the cable that it wasn't true. Well, then he said, then he said, you know, and all I wanted this year was all this Miami Dolphin stuff. And I was like, Miami Dolphins? I was like, I don't ever remember you liking the Miami Dolphins. Do you ever remember him going through a Miami Dolphin phase? Actually, I've got to take, there was a year. Really? When, but actually I thought I got the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> but there was, I remember, there was Dallas Cowboys stuff and Miami Dolphin. I'm sure it was some sort well, he of said, close out clearance that, hey, you know, <laughs> Santa got, you know, a good deal on some stuff. And Howard Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> but I do remember a Miami Well, he told that, that was the year that she was trying to make it up because she has canceled Christmas. <laughs> I mean, it was all, a, it was very twisted, the whole story about it. But then I, so then he made me feel guilty because then Missy was like, well, why was Al laughing the whole time? There's nothing funny about that, about ruining the time. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny. It was funny. That made me laugh more because she's like, why did Al think it was funny? Your Christmas would be ruined. And I was like, well, I don't know. It was just funny the way you were telling the story. (laughs) Because it's not true. Well, right. That was exactly because I was like. Mom never canceled Christmas. No. That's what I said. Oh, my. But so uh, I'm glad I got some backup on that. I was hoping to get that. So well, there was some Miami Dolphin gear. I can't remember who got it. Well, that's what I'm saying. Somebody did get it. I feel like there's always a nugget of truth. In these stories, like with Sai, you, you explained it perfectly. There's a nugget of truth in these stories. Sometimes the nugget is small. <laughs> it's, it's, very, it's very small. That's exactly right. And speaking of that, since we got Zach on here, so one oh, time, no. so I want you to speak to this, Willie, because here's another one. So one time we're talking about, it was on a Christmas episode. So we're telling like, so I was like, you know, let's tell a little bit of our, they want us to tell some Christmas stories. And so we're talking about, you know, Christmas memories. And so Zach, I was like, well, Zach, what about you? And he said, well, you know, we, we would have like our Christmas time here. It was great. And he would tell like some warm dasher tales of Christmas in Florida. And he said, we would come over to visit the Robertsons. And then he told the harrowing tales of being mistreated. You know, barely getting out alive without some kind of money. He just painted these hard yeah, tales. He's blaming, all, he's blaming his weight gain, everything on me. From his, yeah, Easy. He's, he's, really, those, those who live in glass houses, my friend. Now, come on, Professor. Hey. Let's hear all your woes of mistreatment from the mean old Robertson crew. I'll tell you this. It started with a game called Blind Man's Bluff, and all I remember was a, a it wasn't pillows like you promised. It was jeans in a pillowcase twisted up like a like a i don't know some kind of medieval weapon that you would the yeah, rule you guys are was it had to be in a pillowcase yeah. so whatever went in there it could have been a pillow could have been some <laughs> denim maybe a uh, couple of coke cans you know <laughs> we were trying to teach you guys who were really soft city kids how to survive and i think we did that you're still here y'all were bullies y'all were bullies i spent 12 years in your armpit i just i have i have flashbacks of that it was a it was a little ritual hey we made yeah, you, you take tough. my Look face at you and now. rub it in your armpit Look how tough you are now. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank but you. It was so it, it took such an ugly turn because it was like it was like a supposed to be a fun old family Christmas. <laughs> and then it turned into tales of bullying. 
<laughs> and it just, I don't know. It took well, he turn. finally found a word. I was like, oh, maybe that's what it was. <laughs> and I've heard stories of your children. Hey, they're tough kids too, so come on now. <laughs> just, well, I knew we that it all we... paid off because yesterday, uh, four days ago, somebody said, well, these boys of yours are coming down there at the pod- podcast, and, uh, and Dash should be there. You know, and Willie, his boy, Jace, I mean, Al, we'll be talking it over, you know. And, and y'all, they, the order was like it way back, you know. They need to, you know, find find us an op. So if we'll feed on Opelousa's cat, the king, you know, as yep. far as eating goes. So I pulled this net up yesterday. You know, used to, took one man, now it takes two. But the current was real strong. <laughs> I said, I said, I'll know there's a God if there's the, the right size Opelousa's cat in the this. river's up real high. The river's up high. super low expectation. Hard to catch them like that, the river. So, but we finally got the thing up, and I looked down in there, and there's a blue, and there's another little blue. But then there's an op, about an eight- to nine pounder. Perfect. Oh. I, I said, my goodness. I said, there is a God in heaven because they ordered Opelousa's cat and we're sitting on it. So I got it. Well, truth be told, Al said we're doing a podcast and he mentioned the Opelousa's. He mentioned Mike was going to be here and I was like, man, that Opelousa's <laughs> cat. Uh, that's where, I, in fact, I had a meeting. I just brought everybody in the meeting down here, <laughs> and I said, we've got to do this podcast. We've got, you know, John Luke, this is a oh, moment. Yeah. You know, this is Father's Son. I looked son. at that up when, was he was all, when he was all skinned out and dressed and had him cut up to the right pieces. I looked at it, and it, it's it's a big, that, 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 that he and the other blue. Yeah. I mean, there's about an eight, nine pounder there, too, so it was a lot of fish here. Uh-huh. We're looking at a lot of fish. I looked at that. I looked around, you know, nobody's there. The woman's traveling. I walked in there, and I put me about six pieces out mm-hmm. just to see if everything was Testing. rocking. Mm. Testing. You want to talk about good. Oh. Y'all are into John Luke's going to love that blue uh-huh. cat. He's yeah. going to love eating that. So. <laughs> you got to work your way up. you got to work your way up to the op status. Yeah. Well, grandkids, they get what's left. <laughs> so I know my brother well enough to know what gets him out to the podcast, that's for sure. But that op's yeah, waiting on us as soon as we get done with this. We'll have a, how many people this morning are sitting here talking about Jesus' family structure and that they eat Opelousa's catfish fried fresh out of the river, caught yesterday morning, just sitting there cut up, ready to go? How many people are celebrating with that? I will, I will bet you we're the only ones. Probably so. Probably so. Well, if the op's waiting, uh, thanks, guys. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, that's all we got for today. Just a couple of witty stories. and uh... Welcome to the shortened version of Unashamed. <laughs> no, when you say I, I get the blue cat, that's something that I've always thought on our mom's side, on my mom's side, on your wife, my mom's side of the family. It's always youngest kids eat first, and then you go up. But with the Robertsons, it's always oldest down to the youngest that's right so when you're that's a different yeah strategy yeah right yeah so when you're at the bottom of the toe like i am right now you better believe i am <laughs> so what do you do what do y'all do in your family john like which, which side did you choose for your own family are you going with the robertson way of life or the or the howard way of life no i'm going with the robertson way of life i'm the oldest now i can't switch now but sometimes with that side of the family's cooking I don't mind You're, letting everybody go. On. In fact, <laughs> no, if they run out, it's okay. I'll go get something else. <laughs>
sometimes you let it's it's, it's to, okay. It's like the food tasters of the I'm old. I'm just mother. watching them how they react. <laughs> what we're gonna do this part of him? Go to the kids. <laughs> Go to the kids, Ellie. Yeah, sometimes just let them go back again. Just go, just keep keep hammering it. Just second, <laughs> thirds. So mm. Willie is the. Yeah, we're not going to be able to eat all the. Uh, a ten pound ops got a lot of meat on but it. You know we can no, try. No, we're hey, <laughs> we're gonna we can try. I'm gonna we're gonna we're gonna be telling this stories about this. Is all boneless today. boneless catfish. Yeah, so you, that, but, you gotta keep you gotta keep in mind the last time I ate with Willie was. Uh, at Liberty at a restaurant up there. We were up there doing a screening for the movie. And Willie said, let me order the appetizers, which (laughs) meant two appetizers per person. And then he ordered, he ordered two entrees. He literally, he ordered two entrees. So he ate, he ate two appetizers and two full entrees himself. So I think you'll be good. I got a problem. That was a just in case. I wasn't sure about the first one. Sometimes I got a problem and I'm fixing to deal with it right now. Uh, but I've been saving up for this one. This this one will be epic. So there was no breakfast concern. There was no yeah, waste. You don't want to mess around. Yeah, the, ops, the ops run in May, but this year we caught one on the first week in April. I said, "Well, it was a just, good sign." We were kind of taking a shot because I knew we were early. But we had this, and we got some folks coming next week, so I asked Dad about it. But it show, it's funny because I had a plan B. You know, I had a beef tenderloin waiting in the wings just in case. You know, it is, it's pretty funny when beef tenderloin is Yeah, just, that no, beef tenderloin what, these days are about 150 well, bucks. That's what I'm saying. When that's your plan B, you know you're doing pretty well. But, you know. Yeah. Well, the opposite one better. thing, the one thing that you can't. No. You just can't go get it. You no. can't buy it. Oh, you that's can't, right. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's that's the, right. From our childhood, when you get that. Certain op, and so yeah, that's the thing that'll get me all for all of our listeners out there in computer land. Uh, very few of them, you can bet, very, very few in all the other states there are. But down here in Louisiana, Opelousa's catfish, as far as flavor, these the small ones, if it goes over 10, 10, 12, 15 pounds, nope, too big, too big. We, we we want the smaller ones. A little fatty, yeah. Yep, they're they're the best one. This size we had. That one I looked down at yesterday. I said, unbelievable. So Zach, our old friend Steve Deese uh, from the Blaze, has uh, has come out with a a new movie called Nefarious, and it looks really interesting. Uh, t- tell our audience a little bit about it. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's about this this psychiatrist that's interviewing this guy on death row to determine whether or not he's mentally insane. And um, you know, not to not to steal the thunder of the movie, but uh, you, you'll just have to watch it. I mean, it's 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 a very intense movie. Um, and so I would recommend that all you guys get out and watch it. It's very good. Yeah, some people say it was kind of like they called it Interview with a Demon, and uh, it, you know, from the trailer, I did see the trailer and. It had a vibe. It reminded me there was a Denzel Washington movie uh, that was out back in the nineties. Uh, I think it was called Fallen, where there was a, a demon that was kind of going from person to person, and you know they're trying to track this thing down. And it was really intense, you know. The trailer reminded yeah. me of that. It had that kind of vibe to it, and it was really. I still remember it. It's one of my favorite movies, and so I'm really looking forward to watching this movie. Uh, Nefarious opens uh, nationwide the weekend of April 14th. Um, as we know, uh, from the Bible, uh, demons are real. 
Um, and I, I don't get any sense that they aren't any less real today than they were in the, when we read about them, you know, in the first century. So they're still here. They're still here. There's no doubt about it. So this is a very relevant topic. So mark the date, uh, April 14th. Get your tickets now at whoisnefarious.com. That is whoisnefarious.com. We're going to try to get Steve uh, on the podcast so he can tell us a little bit about this movie and a little bit more about what went into making it. So check it out, April 14th, whoisnefarious.com. You mentioned about the movie project that you guys are working on at Liberty. Since we had Willie on, because I know you saw the movie, Willie, I wanted to talk a little bit about your perspective of, of the movie. Uh, what you thought about it? Um, I know you've seen like a rough cut of it, but none of us have seen it, so I just oh you uh, haven't yeah okay. So I'm curious about just because you you're you and Corey and are working on the movie project with Zach, so we Zach's kind of given his perspective of it, but I was kind of wondering what you so be you a, actually do you actually believe it will work? Yeah, what 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 are your thoughts on that? I'm as curious. Far as, well, yeah, I mean, as, far as people want to see it. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it I think it worked. And it's there and, how, you know, whether or not how many people watch it, I'm, I'm not sure. You know, sometimes you just do things and say, this is for the kingdom. This is going to be there. good. And, you know, yeah. whether or not it hits marks, you know, wherever that goes. But I think it's very powerful. Uh, yeah, I got pulled into a little bit of the movie and the movie making part of it. Um, so you have to look and think about a general audience. And, you know, it was a little rough and, and then... So we're just trying to make it to where, you know, how do you tell this story? Because even from you guys, from you and mom and others that were around, you get different, I mean, speaking of Jay's, <laughs> different perceptions of of what happened and what needs to be told and, and how much you can fit into, you know, a Your little over an hour movie. Yeah, you know, right. it's just a lot, to, it's a lot to tell. And so, um, but I think it's very powerful and, um, you know, most, of, I don't remember I, everything I'm watching. I'm hearing stories. Um, I will say... Uh, uh, John Shepard's son. We should have brought him. We should have had yeah, another generation here. Let him run around. Um, John Shepard played me um, in the movie, which was kind of cool. So it's fun watching your yeah. grandson play you in the movie, oh. and uh, mm -hmm. he did great. I mean, yeah. that's. I feel like that's how I would have acted oh. it too. Did, did, um, did you feel like he captured <laughs> yeah. the essence? I really of do. Yeah, he had the the hair did. was on point. Yeah, uh -huh. he had. Uh, uh, what did he, he have super curly mm -hmm. wavy hair? Because that's how I remembered you it too. Yeah, he kind of. We does. will yeah. give you yeah, a little. Does. This is a little sneak peek, but uh, the only lines that I slash my grandson had. What did he say at the table? Wait, was it asking for the diet coke uh, or the? Yeah, yeah. I thought there was a TT man or something. Oh, he did say TT man. Yeah. <laughs> so uh -huh. you hear this little faint TT man? <laughs> like TT man. Is that what you call him? Uh, yeah. Uh -huh. Well, yeah. We, yeah. We, we that was uh -huh. a reference, and so we got cracked up on. Did that. Did you train him to suck your the two middle? fingers no he hadn't gotten to that stage yet okay. uh the the two finger you remember uh -huh. trying to break willie of sucking the two middle fingers dad because he did how, that how do we ever break that up he uh, finally just stopped he no, went well, when he went to school when he went to school yeah yeah dad would put hot sauce on there and you know, <laughs> lacquer yes <laughs> polyurethane safe methods that are in all parenting books um still didn't work uh i figured out how to Rinse them off and still get them in there. And pretty much when I started school, and that was frowned upon by the other kids, and so I stopped. It. I mean, literally, uh, he uh, had uh, the teeth impression on these things because he was he was warping his front teeth because he sucked them for so long. It's probably some kind of a cry yeah. for hell. <laughs> <laughs> 
and the stuttering problem and the other problem. Bad wedding, yeah. Bad wedding. <laughs> yeah. I did. Hey, I did the same thing. I sucked my thumb and yeah. Y'all saw the I, early years of leading into the building the duck calls when we were surviving off of fish either caught or you you starved to death. So we, it was yeah. Food food was, was a big took, issue growing up. That's why we get so excited about fish yeah, now, Professor. Yeah, you wonder why I ordered three meals at a. I know, told you the time when we didn't old, have anything. Old Dan was with me yesterday for the heavy lifting, you know, and he's in the boat, you know, and, and he said, "I can't." But how many of these did you have that y'all were running? I said, "About a hundred of these nets." He said, "Unbelievable how y'all pulled up that many nets." I did it in stages. I'd run 30, sell the fish. Next day, I'd run the 30 more different ones, let the other ones fish. So I had it figured out where I, I would, every time I ran the nets, that was some I had not ran, run yet from the week before. That's the way we did it. Yep. So, but, but it was a workhouse. I mean a workhouse. No wonder I got a, my old back, it was big rough now. <laughs> yeah, We're funny. wrestling around out there with one hoop net. You remember the days of a hundred hoop now? <laughs> how in the world did I run a hundred of these things? I like how Phil references Dan now as the heavy lifter. So I'm yeah. wondering if I should like be forward thinking and have me just a heavy lifter all the time. Like, hey, 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 heavy lifter, get over. Yeah. Everybody needs a heavy lifter. <laughs> I don't want to end up blowing my back out. No, this is exactly, this is exactly what you need to. Have. Mine is called the the granddaughter's boyfriend. <laughs> Joey, over here. I've got the sons and the son-in-laws, which are, Mm -hmm. especially one of them, Christian, is a heavy lifter. He does it just for funsies. Yeah. He just lifts heavy things all the time. Jay was talking about uh, Christian the other day, and he said he just needs to, like, go get in competitions. (laughs) for a I didn't know when you got about 75 or 80, crowding 80, and you look at your kids, you know, and yeah, yeah, we have a big feed at there, maybe Willie's house. So I'm sitting there watching the grandkids, great grandkids, and I'm looking at them. I said, "Which, which one is that? Which one is this one?" Which, who, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> we joke every time. So every time there's a feed uh, at Willie's house, so everybody that like, because we're usually involved in like you know bringing a side or something. Willie's a really good cook, and so now Stone works for Willie, so he's a, he usually does a big meat or two. <clears throat> so there's a factor because one of our old buddies is a chef. And so with Willie, you know, whatever the, there'll be a number. It doesn't matter. RSVP, whatever. There's a number. If they tell you a number, then you have to take that number and go half again and add to, because it's going to be that much more minimum. And and sometimes you may have to even double. And so, and so you have to factor that in or you're not going to have enough food. It's yeah, just, y'all just put one we on. We just me. did it. And this was a, this was a seasoned church eating group. Like I've never <laughs> seen, like they showed up, like I showed up today for the op. They showed up for it. And right. I mean, this is like. Ready. <laughs> okay, ready. Imagine if the golden corral just said everything's free, you know, that's where they show up. And I've got, I've got a pot this big around this tall and there can be not i mean it's completely full you could baptize somebody in this <laughs> and i'm like that that's a little overdue it like like zach says i ordered appetite like oh we willie's overdone it and at the end i just it was I, such I heard a- the ladles hitting the bottom <laughs> just trying to get every and i was like good night they ate it all and it was such a thick chowder that like you could only eat like a 
you could only eat a small dish of it and, be, and you were full because it was so much of There's it. There's like 10 pounds of meat <laughs> that's, <in there. laughs> no, that's the difference. I'm out there smoking sausage. I'm throwing this. And you wonder why more people don't celebrate with grub. <laughs> That's you know it's when they're when they come from out of town and they're getting like one they're just a little thing there's space when you can see their plate you're like yeah they're not from around right. here and then you get that local church group yeah. and it's like double it yeah the out of towners right they're trying to like okay uh, let's just let's, let's get they're like part look, of our plate full you know and uh, these people are just like double hand and paper plate they're just bending you know <laughs> they're setting them down coming back again you know just hitting <laughs> I even I cheated. And I put the small balls. I was like, oh, this will get. <laughs> they just get two balls. Oh, they just, you know, they walk out with five of them. It was uh, impressive. They ate everything we had. It was. And I told Willie, I mean, and it fed everybody, but it was like there was no going back because yeah. once that first uh, time through, it cleaned it out. Well, they said 70, and there was at least 120. 120. Yeah, 120 it was the there. time and a half. And so. It's a running joke because, like, if Chef Chris comes up and they they factor it, and so they'll they'll provide enough. They get enough extra to know that you got to go. You got to go half again because it's yeah. just. But but what happens is it's known that the food is going to be great, and so it's that's part of it too. You know you're going to eat well. And so, well, and I made yeah. a big mistake, so I'm not eating bread right now. <laughs> And so literally when I made this oatmeal, I didn't put any bread out because I was thinking right. I'm not, which we desperately needed bread. We you need a filler. Just filler. Right. <laughs> I don't have any bread, bread out. There's a reason why when Jesus yeah. did the, the you know, miracle, bread was, was a part bread. of because <laughs> he had to get some yeah. filler in there with those fish. They were probably giving water to, you know, just, you know, did yeah. the bread and water, let it swell up a little bit. That was my bad. I, I learned a lesson. Right. So, Dad, you probably aren't aware of this. I don't know if when's the last time you had your liver checked. You had your liver checked lately? Not that I know of. I've never had the liver checked. So I did. Recently. Too much whiskey, you make it get get check it, it out. Too much whiskey's bad. That's one thing. There, but there are other bad factors I found out as well. Was that was it right? There is. It's uh the biggest one is what they call fatty liver, um, and uh, unfortunately, the American Heart Association indicates that a lot of Americans have this. And uh, I've noticed, Zach, that a fatty liver seems to come with a lot of fatty everything else uh, <laughs> with a person. So hey, you're, you're, you're getting too close to home there, Al. <laughs> well, I didn't easy. Quit, I didn't quit preaching and went to meddling, hadn't I, Zach? Yeah, easy. <laughs> so yeah. I noticed that, uh, Zach, a little birdie told me from somewhere in North Carolina, because my liver enzymes are up, which so I, I probably have fatty liver. Uh, and a little birdie told me that uh, you had your liver enzymes were up as well. Uh, the last time they, they were, the, my liver enzymes were up, and okay. I wouldn't say that I have fatty liver yet. But it yeah. is an epidemic. I mean, it's a, it's a, I mean, it's it's a well. Major and health here, here's the problem: three point five times more likely to have heart failure than those without. So it, it is With a, fat on your liver. Fat on your liver. Ha! Huh. Not good for your heart. That's why I'm not a doctor, I believe. Well, there you go. So it says 100 million Americans have fatty liver, which puts a lot more people at risk. Um, so we're throwing a lot of stuff at our livers, cholesterol, alcohol, as you mentioned, add toxins, Tylenol, statin cigarettes. There's a lot of bad things out there. So uh, we want a healthy liver. So we have a new product, a sponsor for our podcast called Liver Health. And uh, so I'm about to start taking this product. I'm excited to try it. 
manufactured right here in the good old U.S. of A., approved by American doctors. So if you're looking to ignite your uh, fat-burning metabolism, which I am, boost your energy, transform how you look and feel, try Liver Health Formula, receive a free bottle of blood sugar formula to reduce sugar cravings when you order today. Try Liver Health Formula by going to getliverhelp.com slash unashamed to claim your free bonus gift. I'm about to start this myself. Getliverhelp.com slash unashamed. Give it a shot. It is interesting, Al, that now we'll, we'll go in and feed two, three, four, five. No, not, not the one there. There's about four of us. I think this is it. We'll we'll see. You know, you never know. Oh no, there'll be Tony and Phyllis will drift Tony down. There's a, there's always a few extra. That's what I'm saying. You got to even even down here. You got to there's you got to factor. There'll be yeah. a few extra. But but the food is a big part of. It. In fact, Lisa says now it's funny because we all have our little quibbles that y'all were talking about. Willie at the restaurant. So when we go someplace because we travel a lot. If we go someplace and we'll be there a few days, like I have to go to the store right off the bat. Like I'm gonna go to the grocery store. Lisa knows that she doesn't. I go because I'd rather go to the store myself, and I got to stock up. You know, it's just, but it's because we grew up. You know, we we ate meals, but like we ate everything, and I was always just a little more hungry. So now it's like I want to make sure we got food in the refrigerator, food in the pantry, and so it's just. And Lisa says that she's like, like there's a. There's like a, once we get that done, then there's like a comfort level that's there. And so I think it just goes back to that. It's like, we never had, you know, mom would always have stuff there. Now she has like pantries full of food, but it wasn't like that. When we were Mm-mm. young because no. you just didn't have the money to do that. So she had food when you had the money from the selling of stuff to then have the stuff. And then she yep. brought it home. We ate it <laughs> we, quickly, quickly. We ate it till it was Y'all gone. never knew the food I had. In my closet, <laughs> I had a whole oh, rack. Did you of have food. a little stash? Man? Oh, I had Twinkies. I had all this stuff. I was when I started making you money, confiscated it. Oh, uh, uh, well, no, I was making. He was know, making fourth grade. I was. Oh, you bought your own food? Yeah, I bought my own and and hid it back there, just for my own comfort. <laughs> but we just That's did the same thing. We went snow skiing with our family, and there was probably twenty two of us. And first stop, you know, Willie ran away from home about. Oh, every other week, 15, 20, 30, 40 times he had run. Where's Willie? He said, Well, he got, he got him a little thing built up, some trees up in there, some boarded up little old house back up in there. It's always making but him a spot again. The crying. Time, about the time dinner time came, you know, or supper, you know, here he comes <laughs> again, crying for help. But, um, <laughs> so, how long would you stay gone, Willie? Would you ever do that? No, I just few, just a. I was trying to get noticed, and it, it apparently yeah. wasn't working. So. The good thing was all of our areas, like different areas around the property, were always nice and clean because Willie was – he would clean the areas up, you know, for to like set yep. it up for his little stay, it stays. <laughs> yeah, I moved into a lot of different places. He did. Um, <laughs> Those were clean for a while. So you you mentioned about the your entrepreneurial – uh, businesses, which we've talked a lot about, you know, appearances and all that in, in podcasts. But it is interesting because there was that spirit. And I've always said that all the brothers sort of had a different connection to to different parts of dad. And I always thought that Willie had that the most with sort of that way of entrepreneurism, which is why, you know, you've done so well at running businesses and doing what you do. And John Luke, you have some of that. You've got some businesses. So I want you to tell a little bit about what you're doing with your 
your coffee businesses and kind of what you got going on with all that. And a little bit about, I want to talk about camp today too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are kind of the two main things right now is uh coffee shop in Ruston, uh, which has been awesome, super fun to do. And um, we do coffee, we roast. And so that's, you know, whole kinds of business right there. And that uh, has been great. Taught me so much about business and now, Kind of starting to work with Dad more. It's kind of starting to uh, yeah. We got some new come back. Uh, John Luke has found his way as a writer, mm-hmm. and so I'm working on this book uh, about oh, great. Pre- yeah, about preaching the gospel. And so I hired John Luke, and he has been uh, organizing and uh, putting all the trying to put the thoughts together. And so yeah, it's been fun working together there. And, mm-hmm. and we've actually put him on other projects with the production company that he's writing stuff. And so, yeah, it's kind of fun to, to use his creativeness in that way as well. And so, because he's such a mixture, John Luke's a mixture of Corey and I in the same way. And Corey's a reader. John Luke is, uh, them two go toe-to-toe. And how many books did you read last year? Last year, 58. 58 books. <laughs> wow. That's 56 more than I read. Yeah. yeah. And not the little ones, you know, not like. <laughs> not the, not like, ones, not the pamphlets. Know. Yeah, not the little. I read 52 yeah. pamphlets myself, John. I read some tracks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but John looks a reader, and so he's just a, he's got a weird way of thinking about things. And just him being from another generation as well and growing up more with, you know, phones and computers and all that stuff. And so it's so interesting to hear that perspective. Um of doing that, even yeah, though you know done. y'all were young, uh, there were no little black boxes. Mm. No, I don't know when. About, about when did y'all start using com- the, these daily computers? All, all that's been within the last twenty years. Yeah, but, yeah, but yeah, before that, you know, yeah, somewhere in my twenties, I remember. So, do you like when you read? Do you read digitally or do you read actual books? Uh, both, more yeah. digitally, and that's how I can read so fast because yeah. with the Kindle. You just click the next one and you just yeah, go. Yeah. And if you I actually have, read Kindle as well. Yeah. yeah. And if you have the audio, you can like listen in the car yeah. and then you you're back Kindle and, and you go back and, and forth. Yeah. 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 Which yeah. is, you're right. You can consume mm-hmm. a lot more. So, Dad, we got exciting news. So, apparently, for a limited time, your book, Uncanceled, is available on Amazon Kindle for $2.99. Whoa. I mean, that's cheap. That's a bargain now. That's a bargain. So we've been talking about digital reading, John Luke. If you want to get it on Kindle, two ninety nine, uncanceled yeah. digitally. Then so I've got like an hour, dry, like 30 minutes there, 30 minutes back. So that's like, that's a lot of So books. I'm digital free. Yeah. It's worked within the family system. The, the digital world is... Well, and like he said, you can, I don't know whether it's good or bad. It's well, both, in I his guess. case, it's great because you consume a lot more material. Mm-hmm. You yep. can listen to more. You can, you know, podcast. That's why at least people mm-hmm. listen a lot yeah. of podcasts. Because yesterday we had a discussion on uh, what, what what was this? AI. Yeah. Which is a big deal now. You know, we talked about the pros and cons of it. I just said. You just go with the Bible, you'll be all right. Yeah. Da- <laughs> Shocker, Dad was not a big fan of AI. <laughs> we, it was a surprising twist that Dad... Well, that word, that word, what is the A stamp? Artificial. Oh, yeah, artificial. I said, yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> that was... <laughs> John Luke, AI's out. Out. Right. <laughs> Solve that on the, yeah. the Unashamed Unashamed podcast. Dad wasn't a fan. Yeah. It's out. But it was like, um, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, but that, and then, uh, so working with Dad on that, and then Camp Chioka, which has yeah. uh, been our longtime family project. So how many of you come that comes through there during the summertime? 
at Camp Chayoka, how many are? I have about 1,200 kids. Yeah. Yeah. Come through five to 17 year olds. That's a good thing. It's, and a few years ago, we started the sportsman's camp out there. And so we mm-hmm. do that every year. And so we teach hunting skills and fishing. Right. And uh, that's been really fun yep. too, seeing kids come out and getting ready. Yeah. It's almost, can you believe it's almost summer? And so much there. So yeah. What's the, what's the, where can people go to find out about? coming to camp oh camp chioka.com yeah it's c-h-y-o-c-a camp chioka.com first two layers of christian you know, my parents camp. yeah my parents met there uh, i wouldn't be here without camp chioka that's where my parents met well why are you they met at wow. camp. and then so uh, zach your mom took me to camp uh when i was nine years old uh yeah. in 1974 she drove up we were still this was before dad was a christian and she got me at the bar at the place from the movie and took me to camp that one summer. And, um, you know, just because she was working out there that year. And so, yeah. you know, I have early memories of camp, too. That's where, so so John Luke is fourth generation mm-hmm. uh, from the Howard family. Uh, his his great-grandfather started Camp Chioka back in the late 60s. So it's a long tradition, you know, in their family. It, it's uh, it's pretty cool. Like, there's a scene in the movie where his, um, his granddad, I guess great-grandfather, but your granddad plays your great-grandfather who hired Kay whenever. So the, the, the story, it's all intertwined. And Mac, who was on the last podcast, married uh, yeah. your granddad – uh, sister, so it's all interrelated. But just to think about the kingdom outflow and uh, of just that whole time period, and a lot of that revolved around Camp Chioka. Mm-hmm. A lot of it did. Yeah. Well, and they were successful at business, which, and then that's where Kay got the job when she came to West Monroe. Uh, is she worked for them? So who would have thought? And that's where Corey and I met at this same church camp. So that's where we met, and then that was my first job uh, coming out of college. Actually, still in college. That's where I was working. Up until I came down to work for Duck Commander, that's where I worked. So John Luke had grown up there, run around the whole place, and uh, just fell in love with it as well. Yeah, it's so important to get kids just outside, and that's like a summer camp is. I mean, now especially now, sometimes that's the only time the kids are outside doing things more than a couple hours a day. I tried so. to teach the young bucks mainly, you know, the art of duck calling, what just to show them, you know, what all the different sounds we're chasing, you know, and so they enlighten them, you know, to participate in a good, clean sport. Well, and they do what all you got? Do archery? What what other stuff at the uh, at the sports and stuff? Oh, uh, we do all yeah. we do, yeah, everything hunting, yeah, yeah, all things archery. Hunting. And there are kids that come from all over the country mm-hmm. uh, that participate, yeah, yeah. So, all over. Yes, yeah, for everyone. boys and girls, yeah, come out and mm-hmm. yeah, it's been really fun just seeing them. Like John Luke said, getting getting out of the rooms, off the computers, off the yeah. cell phones, and just getting out and. Yeah, you know, learning stuff and walking through the woods and fishing and right. mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it's as yeah. time goes on, it's it's people just aren't mm-hmm. doing it. We have a like every day is a different uh, animal, so we have like fishing, turkey, ducks, deer are the four kind of main ones. Mm-hmm. Well, and another thing that you guys have been instrumental in doing, which I want y'all to speak to a little bit, was that the camp uh, you guys put a lot into. Because obviously this place has been out there for sixty years now, and so under under y'all, mainly your family, but also other people that you've gotten to contribute and you know replace and you know restore a lot of the camp out there and rebuild a lot of new stuff, is that there's a lot of really new great spiritual stuff that's happening out there with re- spiritual retreats and 
you know, stuff like that. And so, I mean, it's really revitalized. I feel like our whole community uh, because of what's going on. And so we're having a lot of churches that are coming together doing spiritual retreats. Our church is a part of that, what you guys are doing, your church will, and others are participating in that. And I'm seeing uh, just a great revival on spiritual renewal. And camp is a big part of that because it's hosting a lot of those events, you know, that we're yeah. people are doing that. Well, so. Corey, yeah, yeah, Corey's grandfather, Alton Howard, who, who built it initially, you know, God had blessed their business. And this was one of the things he did. And it was pretty small, you know, it kind of catered, you know, pretty much to a church. And there were some rentals. And then when I worked there, I was trying to get out in the community more. And, and what happened was just over time, it was hard to get, especially adults to come out. There's right. no air conditioning. It, and we were all used to it. And, but it's hot. It's you know? Louisiana in the summer. Yeah, so. it's really hot. And so, and Corey and I were, were able to bring a lot of people together, totally redo the gym. Now it's air conditioned. You can open it up and have a giant place for worship. Uh, some of the cabins are air conditioned. And we noticed then the adults started coming out and, and using it more because uh, it was more practical uh, for adults. So, and I still love going out there all the time. I just go out there and it, it brings back memories of, you know, when I moved back home and that was my first job and, and that's what I had to do from all my kids growing up out there and, uh, and just somewhere to work and, you know, build stuff that, that other people can use that lives will get changed. It's not just brick and mortar. It's yeah. lives are getting changed at, at this place. So it's, it's for sure what we always say is holy ground. You know, it's a it place is. where things can happen. Yeah. You talk about like revitalizing our area. And I think that's the most important thing that Kim Shuka does. It's such a, it's a neutral ground for, any church, mm -hmm. any people to come out and it, with kids and adults because, I mean, churches come together from all different, you know, whether they worship or differently, all these different things. They can meet each other, see what each other are doing, learn from each other. And then even if you're not a Christian or you're not a part of a church, it's, well, I like to do archery. I like to just be outside. I like to work on something. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it brings together just all kinds of different people to one space. And, you know, for us, using it as a ministry and a place that, okay, we can come here, we can show people love, we can teach them about God and creation and everything. It's yeah. Now, and that's what we talk about along this podcast is trying to talk about kingdom building, you know, and mm -hmm. I think camp has done that in a powerful way. Mm -hmm. And you kind of can avoid then the traditional traps you get into sometimes with just make it church related mm -hmm. and you make it kingdom related. Right. And that helps everybody. And so I, I love that. This has been so good. But it, but in that, you help churches uh, because you make everybody stronger. Right. And when we have those retreat Sundays now where other churches will come in, it's so uplifting, you know, for everybody. And mm -hmm. they've been out there at camp and they've had this great experience on the weekend. And so even the people that didn't participate there still get that energy you know, that comes from all those changed lives. So it's just, it's just great kingdom building and stuff, which I love it. And to see that carry on. So, but John, look, you went to, I mean, that's what you went to school. That's what you got your degree in, right? At Liberty is, is how to do stuff like that. Right. right. And that's what you learned. How to run a summer camp. Yep, yeah. That was my whole degree. Right. Which was camp, a good thing. Yeah. Which is awesome. Camp outdoor adventure leadership, right. which was really all just leadership, all how to run a team, how to get people to come together and work on one specific project. Um, in a Christ-centered way, you know, because there's a lot of different ways to do that. And that, it's interesting, you know, whether it's Camp Shioka with the counselors there, whether it's at Duck Commander or at uh, Railway, the coffee shop, it's people are just people, right. you know. You lead them the same way, you love them the same way, you serve them the same way, they come together over the same things. It's cool to see. Yeah, and you bring this, you bring the kingdom work in with the vocation, and I, I thought Phil was always great at that. Um, 
is is you're not defined by your vocation. It's not the duck cause, not duck dynasty. It's that faith where that faith just is constantly, you know, merging in with that. And so you can use that in different ways. And uh, this year for us is a big year for our family because we've got so many projects going that are that are work, but they're also kingdom minded. We've got the movie obviously coming out yep. that we're excited about in September. How old are you, John Luke? Twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. So. That's right. When, you when I started traveling around, it was 28. I was traveling around, you know, and just demonstrating duck calls, how to get ducks into your decoys and all that. But then I, just, I thought one day I had a big crowd there. I said, I think, let me let me try something here. And I put my duck calls up. I said, well, that concludes the duck hunting. I said, now let's talk about these matters. So I brought my Bible out. You know, it's like you shot over their head, you know, boom, scary. <laughs> So I put so I, I preached I preached the first gospel sermon on top of the duck call demonstration just to see what would happen. I remember it well. I was amazed that five different preachers of various denominations walked up there after that and said, Would you come down here and do that here? Well today, y'all you you younger books, Willie, he's out there speaking to this group, you know, you speak to the group, you you're doing the same thing, you know. So and that was about the same age that I came down to work for Duck Commander. Yep. It was about that late 20s. Yep. Training reached way down in there, you know, and now that's what we're known for because that's what we are. But, you know, I, I just it, it just struck me. I didn't realize it was the same age that when, when you came to Christ, which is kind of the culmination of the movie, so you created— or God created in you this compound mentality right over here, yep, a mile away with with Granny and Paul, yep, and them living in one house and us in the other one, and starting the business. And now, fifty years later, we're all in the compound mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. up the road. We all live right there in proximity. We're all in business together. We're doing ministry mm-hmm. together, you know. And now you're doing it. Three generations removed from you. And the line That's of people, amazing. if you could see the line now, if you just did it by cars and vehicles that come down there to where the, there are no more roads, you're on the river, there's been a constant stream of them for 50 years. There's no telling how many we've baptized in the river, you know. Oh, yeah. A lot of them, you know, they said, are there any alligators out there? I said, yeah, we got most of them. You'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I got to tell you about this other project that Corey and I are working on, and it's it's called His Story, the Musical, and it's going to launch in uh, in uh, May, uh, mid May, in uh, Dallas or Grandscape uh, area, and it is now Phil's going to love this. It's a Broadway musical about the life of Jesus. Um, it was the craziest story. Uh, it's written by a seventeen year old girl, and Corey and I became aware of it. Jumped in. Uh, jumped into it, and so we're helping produce this. But we bought a tent, and the whole thing's going to be in a tent. But I'm talking about an air-conditioned, nice tent, but it it looks like the carnival tent. But it's giant, and so we're we're putting it up now, and so we're getting excited. Um, uh, we were trying to have it by Easter, but we couldn't quite make that. But, um, yeah, it's going to be this Broadway play that's going to play out. It's going to run, you know, every week multiple times and well, it's just great. a different way of showing the gospel and uh it was actually when i was writing this book about how to share the gospel um and listening to y'all talking mac earlier um 
there were so many points that you were I was like, that's in the book. That's in the book. That's in the book. I could see y'all talking over there. Uh, so I, I was, I can, yeah, I kept looking around going, I can't believe that they're saying they're the one with the whale. I mean, all those stories are in there. But then I was writing, I kind of hit this block and I just, for a couple of weeks, and it, the chapter was actually on the gospel. And I, I would start writing, and then I was, ah, it sounds too preacher. Yeah, it sounds too religious. It sounds, you know, and I was trying to get it down to uh, like I was just telling somebody. And that's when I was exposed to this musical about Jesus. And it was almost like I heard something say, there's, there's different ways to get the gospel out. It's not just the, you know, the, it's a great idea. The traditional way. There's way, there's other people that can act and sing and, and and get the gospel out. And so, man, we put this thing together fast, and um, uh, it's going to be a huge project. And yeah, we, I can't wait to opening night. And uh, so it's happening right now. And so now I'm back and forth into Dallas in that area. Um, so if you're in the Dallas area, check out uh, His Story, the musical. Tickets are on sale. Is there is there like a website or where can people? Well, it's His Story, the musical. Yeah, you can find it there. Okay. Um, sadly, I don't have all the exacts, but I know if you if you type it's that his in. Story, or... the musical dot com. Okay. His, yeah, his Story, the musical dot com. And you can get tickets right there on the website. Yeah. And the girl who wrote it um, was a missionary. And a 17-year-old 17 girl. 17-year-old. Never written anything. Never written musicals, music. Amazing. She, she saw Hamilton, and she said she heard a voice saying, "Won't you write something about Jesus that people can learn more about that?" And sat down and wrote the whole thing. Wow. It's unbelievable. It's 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 great. The story of just how it all came together, and even how I was reached out to. It's just incredible uh, to be involved with it. And so, Corey and I jumped in. We've got a lot of friends on board and funded the whole thing. And just I think it could be a really powerful thing, especially where we're out in the country where it looks to me like people are just starving. You know, the things we see at the college campuses and um, you know the Jesus Revolution movie. It's like people are hungry for that for something opposite than what they're seeing in the world, you know? Yeah, I want to ask you about that. I wanted to get your take because you know how much time we have. Of course, we got a little bit of overtime, but it, is, it seems like, it feels like that there is this thirst and hunger, and even in culturally, mm-hmm. you know, for for something spiritual, for something more. And you're, and you're, even though, I mean, obviously there's this, you know, somebody mentioned that there's this kind of the Romans 5 idea that, you know, there. While sin is seems to be increased, there's so much bad that grace seems to be rising to the occasion because you see the success of Jesus Revolution, some of the things. And we were mentioning on the last podcast that I, I saw that um, Gibson is about to come out next year with a sequel to The Passion. You know, which I know he's been working on, which I'm sure will be amazing if it's anything like that. By the way, Al, it, it it is with in lieu of what w- Willie just said, working with that group. It is a spiritual fix, not a governmental one. Oh, I agree, no doubt about it. So, it's so a what do you spiritual fix? So, what do you do? You, how do you see that us kind of going? I mean, do you do you sense that too? And do you do you? How do you? What do we need to do more of? How do people react to that? What do you? What do you? I, see, I get you know? the sense that God's on the move because I think you may would think, oh well, well now it must have you know because of the success or something that's maybe why. But many of these projects, the stuff we're talking about, and all these projects happened years ago, right? And it and it's it's odd that they're all you know it's coming out when the like the thing that happened at the colleges was just 
it wasn't planned. It just happened. They random. And so you could, you could feel this because, I mean, there's certainly darkness. We can all see it and feel this darkness. And so, but the light, you know, the light is going to come through. And so, and, and I think we, the maybe some more traditional methods, you know, is not, you know, through, through church or whatever, you know, they feel like, right. well, I feel like there needs to be something more yeah. than just trying to show up Sunday morning, you know, and sit yeah. there, you know, it's like they're, they, they want to be more active and organic. In right. Yeah. Cause if you look at the, the, the book of acts, it's active, you know, it's yeah. not, it's. Well, because moving. I felt like the college campus is especially and in John Luke, you're a lot closer to the age group than we all are, but the alternative to kind of what's been out there, especially like the woke stuff, it just always seems so angry and negative. It's just not very appealing if I were a young person. I mean, I know that's a lot of people are swept up into that, but this seems so much more pleasant. I mean, watching these people worshiping and I mean, just watching just the, I'm just watching it like everybody else. And I mean, I don't know if I were a young person, I would be drawn to that. I mean, it's more than the other, you know what I'm saying? It just, I, maybe it's, yeah. maybe it's that. I don't know. You know what I get the sense of, and I feel making speak to this even, but I, here's what I kind of feel. It's like at some point, Everybody was fighting the system, but what happens when you become the system? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then yeah. you're you're trying to find something to fight against, but it's like you are the system. Now. You're in all now. the things that you were, which may be godliness or the church or you know yeah. government, you know stuff that we used to. You were fighting what you thought was kind of good, and you were kind of right. on that edge. Right. But it's odd to me when the system becomes that, and then you watch these people look around. What? Who exactly are they fighting? What? Because the the yeah. you know in many ways the governments are doing exactly what you yeah. know what you want them to do and so now uh, edgy, that's what I now edgy sense. is to be something you know what I'm totally saying? different yeah yeah so we're t- edgy different. now yeah, goes Mark, the Mark, other way you know yeah Mark Mark Sayers said if you want to be disruptive be a non anxious presence he said that's that's what's disruptive now is just to be a non anxious <laughs> present yeah. you know not a uh, presence and not it's not out, I mean, the outrage culture. And I mean, I've bought into it myself, you know, but it is exhausting. I mean, my gosh, it's like, surely there's something more beautific that we can be called to. I think people are more attracted to beauty. And there's a time to call out stuff. I'm not saying there's not, but I mean, uh, I feel like we got enough of that. Like we got, we got a lot of profits right now on social media and it's just exhausting. You know what I mean? I think it's, I think that's why these stories and what we're doing is so appealing uh, and, and life-giving because it's, it's telling the story, it's telling stories that, that are, Telling the story of Jesus and and, and and of redemption and hope and and purpose and and meaning and all of that, you know, yeah, it's much more it's powerful. Well, it's, it's, I have yeah. a line and the question's still there. After it all, the smoke clears. Who has the best story? I like our story. And, well, and I do want to get this line in now that because this book I'm writing is it talks about how how we need to be talking about the good news, and I think a lot of Christians have fallen this little slot of. They're just going to be the bearers of bad news. And they're just constantly telling you how bad the world is. And at some point I'm going, I get it. Where's the hope? Where's the good news? Do you have anything good? Rather than just saying, this world's going to hell in a handbasket. And that may be true, but where's the good news? Where where's the hope? Good? I want to hear a little bit more yeah. about your book in overtime. Uh, so if you want to follow us over for a few more minutes, blazetv.com slash unashamed to hear from Willie and John Luke. Uh, without Jace here, we're hearing so much more from him. So we'll do that in our overtime segment. Follow us over. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, 
Subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.